All right, friends, I'm so excited today. I'm going to have Dr. Kat on the podcast, and she's going to be talking all about women's hormones and hormone replacement therapy and bioidentical hormones. So especially if you're in that age range from 35 to 55, this episode is going to help you have a better understanding of how these changes work and things that you can do to support your hormones in this period. I also want to remind you guys to make sure you join the five-day healthy habit challenge. This is going to be all about nourishing your body one healthy habit at a time. You guys can do this challenge anytime by downloading my free workbook down below. But if you guys can make it live to the challenge starting February 12th in my Facebook group, please join. I'm going to have prizes. I'm going to be giving away my upcoming course to two winners of this challenge. So take a little time, come in this supportive environment, and make sure you guys are in my Healthy Beyond 40 Facebook group. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Healthy Beyond 40 show. I'm Michelle, Mama 4, and military wife, and I'm passionate about helping women get healthy from the inside out so they can feel better and live their best life. Do you feel like you're struggling to lose weight and get in shape? If you're ready to develop healthier habits, exercise consistently, and lose weight sustainably, then you're in the right place. I combine my expertise from my doctorate in physical therapy to my experience as a health coach, personal trainer, and yoga teacher to bring you actionable steps for a healthy lifestyle. No magic pill here, so lace up those shoes and get moving. Hello, Dr. Kat, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. So I'm Dr. Kat Brown. I'm one of the OBGYN physicians that works for Winona.com. I've been an OBGYN now for just over 15 years. My focus with Winona is really caring for women in midlife, going through changes in perimenopause and menopause. I'm a board certified OBGYN. I work primarily at a hospital delivering babies a couple days a week, but then when I'm not at the hospital, I'm doing telemedicine. Um, and caring for women in this perimenopausal time frame. Yeah, um, I love that. Tell us a little bit real quick, what is perimenopause versus menopause? Sure. So we'll start with menopause because that's more of a definitive time. So menopause is the time when our reproductive system basically phases out of the reproductive phase. So it's when we actually stop having menstrual cycles. And we can't really tell you you've been through menopause until you've gone a full 12 months without a period. So that time period for women in America, the average age for us to go through menopause is 51, 52. And perimenopause is that time frame where symptoms begin and our body is starting to get ready for menopause. And it's that time leading up to when actually menopause happens. So for some women, that can happen for you know, 10 years before they actually stop having periods. So perimenopause on average can start for women anywhere between 40 and 45, but we have women on the early side that can sometimes start experiencing symptoms in their late 30s. And some women are a little bit later bloomers and sometimes won't start having perimenopause symptoms until later. But there is there's a lot of symptoms and things that start changing in our bodies during that time frame that can kind of clue you in that you might be in that perimenopausal phase. So many women will start to notice their periods may become a little bit more erratic, you know, where someone may have been regular having cycles every 28, 30 days, all of a sudden might skip a month or their period might come late, might come early, might start having more than one period in a month. And then also we start to see other symptoms develop like 
sleep disturbances, either insomnia, trouble falling asleep, sometimes trouble staying asleep. And that usually kind of creeps in first. And then you might start noticing changes in vaginal lubrication, vaginal dryness, uh, changes in your response to sexual stimulation. And then later on, as you get further into that phase, you'll start to develop other symptoms like hot flashes, night sweats. And every one of us as women are unique in that the way that we develop all these symptoms. There's there's a comprehensive list of symptoms that can occur. We can't even talk about all of them. It's like more than 50 things that can happen. And every woman experiences it differently. Some of us, this, the hot flashes might be really significant and other women may not have those as much. They might notice more brain fog. And sometimes we'll see women that all of a sudden, like in their mid forties, start to feel like, gee, do I have ADHD? Like I can't focus. Like I, I don't know, like you go in the other room to do something and you forget what you went in there for. Whereas you may have been able to multitask and, and really stay, stay with a lot of mental clarity throughout your day. A lot of that changes in this time frame as our hormonal environment starts to change. So, yeah. And also just want to, I would love for your little feedback is like, these are normal changes in our body. And I think it becomes a period where we dread because a lot of those symptoms are uncomfortable, Yes, but it's also normal. So I don't know, could you speak to that or offer someone a little encouragement who's dreading it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a normal transition. It's, you know, I, I joke with patients sometimes that like this is given to women as a challenge, I think, in our health. But if it was if it was something that men had to bear, like they would never tolerate it. <laughs> we we as women go through so many changes throughout the course of our reproductive health and our bodies, you know, between, you know, going through puberty and menarche and starting to develop our periods and then going through all the ups and downs of fertility and pregnancy and postpartum changes. It is a normal part of aging, and, and it's one of those things that I think we have to think of it as a privilege to be able to get to that point mm -hmm. in our life, to be able to get through the aging process, because not everyone has the opportunity to do that. But and, and it's something that is unique, but I think that you have to just be aware of your body and recognize the changes and the symptoms as they occur and know that you don't have to suffer with them if they're really bothersome to your life. Like if... If they really affect your day-to-day -day life and your quality of life, there are things that you can do. You don't have to just suffer in silence with it. Yeah. And tell us, I know you mentioned like the sleep, the hot flashes, vaginal dryness. So those are all happening because of the hormones changing in our body. So yes. can you give us just a very brief or simplistic view of like what's happening with some of the hormones that are driving these symptoms? Yeah. The main hormone that we're seeing changes with is estrogen. So as women, we have estrogen and progesterone primarily, but we also have testosterone in our system as well. Um, when it comes to estrogen, that is really what drives our entire body, our entire reproductive cycle as well. So we're born with, as women, we're born with all the, the eggs in our ovaries that we're ever going to have. And once we start to run out of those, those eggs, the ovary stops producing estrogen at the same rate. So as we're aging, that estrogen production is decreasing. And that's why we're seeing these symptoms develop because the estrogen is kind of weaning out of our system, so to speak. And so not only do you get those symptoms, but sometimes you'll also notice, patients may notice decreasing ability to have weight loss. They might not be able to have the same energy or stamina as they used to, like with working out. Also, you might notice more joint pains, body aches. It's just that estrogen, as, as women, it has so many beneficial effects throughout our entire body 
So as it starts to kind of decrease in our system, we start to see systemic changes everywhere. You know, the, the brain fog that we see is from the lack of estrogen in and around the neurons in the brain. And so we start to see those changes with you know, the mood swings, anxiety, the brain fog, the, the difficulty focusing, those sorts of things. So it's the estrogen that's causing all these symptoms. Yeah. And then progesterone also is decreasing too. Is that right? Yes. Estrogen and progesterone are released kind of in pulsatile fashions throughout our month, like in a normal menstrual cycle. So in a normal month, before we go through and, and before we're getting to this time period, our estrogen levels are increasing at the beginning of the month. We're kind of getting ready for our pregnancy. And then the, ultimately we have the surge um, of LH, luteinizing hormone, and then we, we try to get a fertilized egg. And when we don't have a fertilized egg, then all of a sudden our body releases more progesterone. We have a increase in that. And then the progesterone basically tells our uterus to shed that lining that we prepared. So there's this normal like roller coaster of hormones each month that happens in a pulsatile way. And in perimenopause and menopause, those normal patterns don't continue. Like it, it's more erratic. So the, the ovaries might still be trying to produce some hormone. You might have ovulation one month, but not for the next couple months. And the hormones just get a little bit haywire. And that's why you see so many of the symptoms. And that's why Sometimes women can feel like there's no rhyme or reason to the symptoms. They seem to happen kind of erratically. So, yeah, but they're driven by the hormones. Yes. That, that we can't yes. see or feel, but that's driving yeah. all of our symptoms. <laughs> and it's weird because, I mean, we all know too that, you know, our hormones normally respond to other things in our health too. So, you know, when we're sick, when we're stressed, I mean, a lot mm -hmm. of different things can affect those hormones. So, if someone's under a tremendous amount of stress, sometimes it can be so powerful toward their hormones that they might miss a period. You know, many women have gone through that where they've been worried about being pregnant, but it's actually because they've been under so much stress that their cycle is just not happening normally. So, you know, throw in all these symptoms that are happening in perimenopause with our body changing and aging, then all of a sudden, like we're stressed about it. So then our body kind of gets in this high stress state and our cortisol, which is our stress hormone, goes up. And we're in this constant state of almost fight or flight where we're just trying to find patterns and normalcy and our body is, is having a hard time adjusting to all these changes all at once. When I talk to my patients, it's so important when you start to recognize these changes that you really start to focus on your wellness and really start focusing on nutrition and moving your body. I think as women, we're so used to taking care of everyone else in our lives, especially moms, mm -hmm. but even like career women that aren't moms, like we're so used to putting ourselves out there for everyone else and not putting ourselves first. And the, the one benefit I think to this time period in this transition is it really forces ourselves to, to look inward and you really have to take the time to really focus on yourself and, and your own wellness to, to help this transition transition. Because I think that if you really focus on nutrition and trying to optimize your sleep and trying to take care of yourself, it does help your body go through this transition a little smoother, for sure. Yeah, I love that you brought that up. And especially the impact of stress. I mean, even outside this time period in life, like stress has such a huge impact on our health. And just like you said, I hear from people all the time, putting myself on the back burner. And this yes. can really be a time in life to shift and start to change that and really take care of our nutrition and our movement. And as we're on the subject, tell me just a little bit more, because we'll get into hormone replacement next, but these lifestyle things, so we're talking stress, sleep, exercise, nutrition, 
things like that. How important is that to help sort of ease some of these symptoms? So important. I think that, you know, our, our body thrives when it comes to our health on circadian rhythms and normal patterns. And so feeding ourselves more whole foods, more natural foods, fresh fruits and vegetables, whole grains is, is very important, but also trying to maintain and, and prioritize your sleep. And I'm probably one of the biggest offenders of that because as an OBGYN, my sleep has been incredibly fragmented and irregular because God knows like most babies don't like to come during the normal business hours. But when you get into your forties and you start to notice these changes starting to happen, you realize how powerful and how well you feel after a good night's sleep. And that the sleep hygiene is such an important part of your overall health and wellness. And it, it really helps your body to be more resilient to like adapt to these changes too. Yeah. I love that because I think it gets so easy to like sort of that pill for an ill and we might need that piece too, but we can't brush off these lifestyle pieces that sometimes can feel like harder to change. Like if someone's having trouble sleeping, that, that can seem really hard to fix, but it's important that we spend time on that too. So yeah. tell me a little bit more about hormone replacement therapy and like bioidentical hormones, what that means. Sure, sure. So basically, in a nutshell, hormone replacement therapy is giving body, giving your body back the hormones that it's starting to, to have decreased in your in, on natural production. So mainly adding back in estrogen. We used to, I mean, we really now we're kind of gearing toward calling it hormone therapy rather than hormone replacement therapy, because we're not really trying to replace the levels that they were pre-menopause. We're not trying to like match the levels, you know, Know, ounce for ounce. But what we're trying to do is give your body back its hormones so that we can ease those symptoms and help your body through the transition. And basically the term bioidentical is a, it's a buzzword. It's kind of a trendy word, but we're trying to replace the hormones that are identical to what your body was making on its own. So some of the hormone treatments that are available and a lot of the, the very traditional hormone replacement medications that have been available, especially offered by prescription and from your doctor have been synthetic hormones that were created in a lab. Um, one of the oldest known, one that's been around the longest is a medication called Premarin. And the interesting thing about that is that the word Premarin actually comes from how the medic medication is derived. It comes from pregnant mare's urine, which when you think about it, like you're taking hormones that are coming from pregnant horses. So when you look at the label, whether it's an oral Premarin or whether it's a topical Premarin, which are estrogens, it says conjugated estrogens. Basically, it's a group of a different, a lot of different types of estrogen, but there are several estrogens in those compounds that are not even bio biologically active in human females. So that's not bioidentical, for an example. Whereas estradiol, which is a hormone that our ovaries naturally produce, is considered bioidentical because it's identical structurally and chemically when you look at the molecule to what our ovaries are producing on their own when they're when they're in their peak. So so bioidentical hormone therapy is giving your body back those same hormones that it was creating on its own. And there's a lot of different ways that we can give hormone therapy. There's there's pills that you could take, but there's also topical or what we consider to be transdermal, which is given through the skin. And that can be in a patch form or in a cream form. There's even some that are gel form. Those tend to be a little bit easier for your body to acclimate to and to absorb because it's 
less of a dose getting right through your bloodstream, through the skin. Whereas when you take a pill, it has to be broken down by your stomach and metabolized by your liver before it gets to the intended tissues that it, it was meant to get to. There was a study done you know, over 20 years ago called the Women's Health Initiative Study, the WHI you'll hear people refer to. And, and it came out and gave some very scary conclusions to their study, basically saying, you know, that hormone therapy could increase your chances of breast cancer, and then it increases your chance of you know, clot or stroke, DVT or pulmonary embolism. But when we look back at those studies, we found out that they were giving hormone replacement to patients that really weren't great candidates for it. They were starting it on much older women that, you know, really we know the benefit of hormone therapy is to give it when women start having symptoms, not after they've already completed menopause and are 10 years beyond. You know, so giving it to women in their 40s and 50s is much safer. And also the dosage is important. So in general, when it comes to hormone therapy, we want to go with a low dose for the shortest duration that your body would need it. So we're still fighting the stigma of that WHI study. And that's why a lot of women have trouble finding providers that are out there that are willing to prescribe. God knows you look at the TV and you see all these ads for erectile dysfunction and all this focus on on men's health, but not so much on women's health, right? So we're, we're helping generations of men keep their erections, but we're not helping their female partners be able to deal hormonally with that or even to be biologically responsive to sex because their hormones are all out of whack. So now's the time to really focus on women's health and, and really make this more readily available and, and let women know and like help educate people on what's available out there to help them through this. Yeah. And with the Women's Health Initiative, did they use bioidentical hormones in that study? Not typically. No. So that most of those were the, the old traditional synthetic hormones. And so, you know, there are some good prescription medications out there that are more bioidentical, but there are still a lot on the market and a lot that are prescribed that are, that are of the synthetic nature that your body doesn't tolerate as well. So. Yeah. And I know I had read that before. A big key is not starting these hormones 10 years after, because that can have a big negative effect on cardiac health and different things like that. Right. Mainly our cutoff is, is 60. So, you know, most of us, if, if we're going to be around the average and, and hit menopause and finish our cycles around 51 or 52, the goal is to try to start HRT or hormone therapy around that time or even before when the symptoms become bothersome to your lifestyle. But if you wait until age 60, there's some data out there to say, that if we start hormone therapy after the age of 60, when you've not been on it before, it can actually do some more harm than good if we start it too late. So that's the key is, is starting it when it's safest for you. And in the long run, I mean, it's if you start hormone therapy in your early 50s or your late 40s, it actually has so many beneficial effects and it's actually cardioprotective on the other side. It's actually very helpful and, and helpful against heart disease if you start it at the right times. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that because estrogen is cardioprotective. And that's sometimes why females, you see less heart attacks in that earlier part before menopause, correct? Yes. Yeah. So estrogen basically is beneficial to the vessels in our, in our heart and, and the heart muscle. And the reason we get joint pain is because with estrogen loss, sometimes you can, the, the joints don't function as well. They're not as well lubricated. Probably a perfect example of, of how tissues respond to estrogen is the skin and hair, the vaginal skin even. When we lose estrogen from those areas, the skin becomes more brittle, thinner, 
And what happens is when we replenish estrogen, the skin gets thicker, it's more supple, more elastic. So it does the same thing to those blood vessels in and around the heart, the cardiac vessels as well. So, and that's, that's how it can be cardioprotective. Yeah. And I just want to highlight, so you said once your symptoms become bothersome, that might be a clue. Let's reach out and see if we can get some support. I also want to highlight, you know, doing replacement therapy in a safe way. So you're like, we're going to start with the lowest dose. We're going to shorten the time span if we can, you know, really listening to the patient. So anything else to say there? So sometimes, I mean, there's not a one size fits all for every woman. So sometimes we start a dose and there needs to be some communication back and forth, some tweaking here and there before we find what works best. And the best way I I explain that to patients is that it's kind of like trying on clothes, kind of like trying on jeans, right? So every one of us likes a different cut, a different style, a different fit. And so sometimes medications are like that too, and especially hormone therapy is. So we might start a patient on one form of hormone therapy and have to tweak it or maybe switch from pills to cream or to patch from patch to cream or vice versa. And sometimes it takes a little trial and error before we find, you know, the right formula for a patient. Yeah, I love that. All right, guys. So Dr. Kat works for Winona Health, which is an online company that everyone can get access to because I know sometimes it can be hard to find a doctor who's going to listen to you and prescribe some of these bioidentical hormones and also value the importance of lifestyle too. So tell us a little bit more about Winona Health and how people can reach out to you guys. Sure, sure. So we came into existence purely for the fact that women didn't have access. Um, And the company was born in, in the height of COVID. It started in 2021. Um, when women were having a hard time getting into the doctor's office to begin with. Uh, But still, there's a lot of women that show up and, you know, bring up these concerns and they might even have their provider draw some labs, which by the way, aren't really necessary to start somebody on hormone therapy. And then what happens is they might, you know, have a provider that doesn't feel comfortable. So Wynona is a little different in that if you're having symptoms, all you have to do, and you can check it out, even if you're not sure if you are perimenopausal or menopausal, there's a lot of free resources and education on our website too, because it's really important for us that women have the knowledge they need. Because to me, knowledge is power. So all you have to do is go to buywinona.com and you'll put in your information. You can put the state that you live in. Right now we're in 30 states out of 50. I think we might even be increasing that in the next couple of days. And you'll go through an online adaptive questionnaire if you're interested in treatment. And it'll go through a very thorough questionnaire of your medical history, what medications you're on, because it's very important for us if we're going to prescribe a medication through telemedicine that the patients are healthy and good candidates for it. Because if you have significant medical problems, like you've had a blood clot in the leg or the lung in the past, you're not a great candidate for telemedicine for something like this. It would be more more safe for you to um, seek treatment in person. Um, but if you go through the questionnaire, it then sends your profile to one of our Winona doctors like me. We review your medical history. And if I have questions about the medications you're on or about something in your history, I'll message with you back and forth. It's an asynchronous telemedicine model, meaning that you don't have to schedule a video visit like this. So you could do this at one o'clock in the morning when you wake up with a night sweat. You don't have to wait like two or three weeks to get an appointment to see somebody online even because it all can be done asynchronously and you can message your doctor at any point. And if we find that you're a good candidate, 
we'll talk about what medications you might be most interested in, whether it, you know, they be pills or cream or patch. And then if we find that you're a good candidate and we agree with what to start with with you, and then we'll, we'll order the medication and it gets shipped directly to your home from our pharmacy. So, and then we can make adjustments based on how you feel with the medication. We check in frequently. You could message your doctor anytime you want on Winona, which is kind of nice. So you have ready access whenever you need to. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Dr. Kat, and sharing some of your wisdom. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode and took some information away. The links will be in the description down below. So it's easy for you guys to click.